Hi everyone and welcome to Mom Your Own Way. I'm Lily Coco and this is the podcast where we talk about all mom things. Today I'm going to talk to Allison Perez. I came across her on TikTok and some of the videos that she was posting is about like breaking the cycle of trauma and re-gearing your parenting and stopping that cycle and doing more gentle parenting and just parenting in general. In general. She's a mom of three so let's just get going, let's get started and let's get to know her. Allison. Hey. Okay, so you're putting your kids to bed, but but they're not cooperating. So <laughs> I figured, you know what? You guys are quiet. It's quiet time right now. Um, usually they're asleep by now, but I think because their nap was delayed only by thirty minutes today, it kind of threw it all off. So they're still not asleep, but they're quietly playing. So it's all good. good. I swear there's this like magic math to nap time. I was telling my husband this morning, I was like, well, because ours has been staying up to like way past midnight. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, if she wakes up before nine, then she takes her nap at 11, which then she takes a good nap at like four and then we're good. But if it's a little after nine, then we're looking at a 1 p.m. nap, which then we're looking at a 6 p.m. nap. And, you know, it's like these small things that you have to figure out. But then I'm still learning to like, let go and be like, you know what? Things are going to happen. Sometimes it's like, oh, she ate too much banana. So the sugar is keeping her up. And what am I going to do? Like force her to go to bed? No. Yeah, exactly. I totally relate to that. And sometimes when I try to like schedule certain appointments or just like to hang out with a friend, I'm like, you know what? That's not going to work because it's going to mess up nap time. And then my son has school the next day or I have to do something the next day and I have to be up early. So that that's not going to work. So yeah. Um, you just can't predict it like you said you know it's like sometimes if you get lucky it doesn't mm-hmm. affect it but sometimes yeah. it does sometimes if they sleep 30 extra minutes now they're going to be up 30 extra minutes so or an extra hour like it doesn't always mm-hmm. necessarily relate plus with the whole travel thing i feel sometimes you know like oh you make like a 4 p.m appointment but it's not truly a 4 p.m you have to like leave by 3 30 so you have to start getting ready by three to make sure like what if they have to pee what if you have to get them dressed what if then they have to poop you have to change it you have to you know like it just takes a lot. Like I, I know I'll, for me, I have a young one, but I know I'll get better at it. But still, I just, sometimes when I just think about it, I'm like, I don't even want to go anywhere. Cause then it just, I got to pack all these things. I don't know what the time is going to be. Then if there's traffic, then I feel bad for not being punctual. And then I'm a pop, you know, it's just like a, Blah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think, you know, what's funny that you bring that up. I think I don't remember. It was a TikTok I made a while ago, but it was something about, um, dreading to leave the house with kids whether it's for an appointment whether it's for a a meetup or whatever it is especially if you're a stay-at-home mom because you're just like okay i gotta pack snacks i got extra clothes and just it's like a whole hassle to it and god forbid you forget like a toy or something or you forget the wipes which has happened to me but i'll Mm. forget the wipes and i'm like oh my goodness now now what now i have to go buy wipes and it's like yeah it's rough we were out the other day i don't remember what we were doing but we got to the destination and my baby had pooped and I forgot the diaper bag. Oh my God. The whole God. diaper bag. I have this like in case of emergency basket in my trunk and it has, I packed it like three months ago. So she outgrew those diapers. The wipes was like mini packs of wipes in there. So those had dried out. And so oh and then God. I have to like change her in the back seat. She's uncomfortable. So she's expressing that. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm just trying because I'm trying to pack this diaper. And then it got on her clothes because it was a blowout. And then it's just <laughs> everywhere. And then we finished. And then I'm like, 
Let's just lock this stink in the trunk. We're going to continue on with our day. And then we're all going to just recoup. It all turned out fine. But like, it was my first time to like, blow out car seat didn't bring the diaper bag but now i have learned my lesson Ugh. oh my god yeah i definitely relate to that especially for me it's been like extra clothes i'm just like and now my husband actually thinks i'm crazy he's like why do you pack two three extra pairs of clothes i'm like because there's been times where they've had spilled juice or they just and then i change their clothes and then within an, an hour or two now i need an extra set of clothes so now i have extra extra clothes and i keep them in the car now too so smart you're prepared I, yes because like i said it's happening like i pack them extra clothes they mess it up and i'm like now what and I, there's been the point that i had to buy clothes so i'm like you know what now i'm gonna have an extra pair in the, in the car so that's like a little mommy hack that i recently did but then you know what's funny you have to remember to swap it up because then recently i looked at it i'm like oh my god this is three months my son is <laughs> That's what happened. I was like, way too small clothes, way too small diapers. I'm like, it's kind of worthless at this point because I can't like pull them out. Exactly. Yeah. And luckily, the pants were stretchy when that happened. And there were six month pants that I had to put on my 12 month old and I got wow. lucky it fit. But wow. you know, but I also got lucky because it was really cold and he had um spilled his milk all over his pants. It actually was last week. He spilled milk all over his pants and mm. I had already used the backup. So I had to mm. use my backup backup, like I said, that I had in the car. It was six months, it was too small, but it fit. But I was like, I can't leave you pantsless, it's too cold. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, if it was in the summer, I'd be like, no, what? I just rock your diaper, but. When it's cold, it's cold. Yes, it's, it's oh my gosh. And it's been so cold lately. I feel so bad taking them out. And recently I only really take them out to take my son to school and pick him up because I feel so bad, it's so cold. It's freezing. Mm -hmm. so, Allison, tell me, tell me about you. Tell me your story. Tell me about your motherhood. I mean, I've been following you on TikTok and I really love the content you put out. So I really want to talk about Thank just you. parenting style, the gentle parenting. I'm a big yeah. fan of just, I'm personally dealing with like my childhood trauma that I'm trying to correct and more so explore because I've blocked a lot of it. And so recently I'm just like diving in, trying to tap into what is it that's actually subconscious in my mind that I don't know has been programmed into me due to things? And then how do I make sure that I don't pass that to my child? But we're, I just want to know about, let's start with your story. Like, tell me about your motherhood. But even before that, you know, how did you get here? Yeah, so um, basically, I guess it started off, I'm, I was a teen mom. And it all kind of started off where, um, so going back, I was 14. My mom had just recently passed away. And my mom was very, uh, she had lung cancer. She passed away pretty suddenly. It was like a four month thing. Oh, and um, thank you. Um, and so after she passed away, I kind of, <laughs> I just did whatever I wanted. So she was a very, very strict parent to the point she would follow my phone and she would like listen at my door. And if I ever, one, I think one time I remember um, the school, high school called and said, hey, your daughter was absent. And she was like, you were skipping school. And I was like, what? No, I was I was terrified. I was so terrified. I was like, I swear I wasn't. She was like, you're lying to me. She went to the school and found out. And I was like, I took a test. I had taken a test that day, luckily. So it was evidence that I didn't skip school. Wow. But the point is that that teacher had marked me absent. And because of that, I got in huge trouble at home. And my mom made like a whole scene at the school. But wow. so she was very, um, present when it came to school she was like you have to be in school and so when she got sick now I had no one you know watching mm -hmm. me like that because my dad was the one who always worked my yeah. mom was the more involved parent when it came to you know us and so being that I had no you know hawk eyes over me anymore I felt like I could do whatever I wanted and plus I was angry I was just angry at the world I was like you know it's not fair and me and my mom had just started to get close so if you know a lot of teenagers they're not not I won't say a lot 
some teenagers are not close to their parents and I was one of them I just didn't trust my mom I didn't want to talk to her and right when I started opening up to her and my I could see my mom I, th- I talked about this in a TikTok. So she was a very um, authoritarian parent. Like she would spank and yell. But every time she did, she would feel bad and cry and apologize. So I, mm. I could like see her inner battle. I could, um, there was times I would catch her crying and she would talk to herself and I could hear her and she would be saying things like, I don't know what to do, but she's not listening. And I could like see her struggle. But again, I was young and I didn't really understand. And I wasn't yeah. a mom. Yeah. But when she got sick and then she passed away, um, um, like I said, I did whatever I wanted. I ended up pregnant by my boyfriend at the time. How and old were you? So I was 15, 15 at okay. this point. So it was a year after my mom passed. Um, I was pregnant and, you know, I was terrified. And again, my dad, me and him were not close. We were never really close at that point. And so he uh, was super pissed, obviously, and super confused on how this could happen. I was a kid, this and that. Um, and, you know, I was scared. I did, obviously wasn't planned, but I did. I also knew part of me did not want to get rid of this child. And everyone was like, you know, you have to. You're only a kid. And I kept saying, no, 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 I'll figure it out. I'll get it done. Mm. So moving down a couple of years later, um, you know, I kept my son. I finished high school. Um, and one second, who, baby. And who helped you watch your kid while? Um, so luckily at the time I had, um, I was my boyfriend's mother. She wasn't working. So Mm. she, um, decided that, so his grandmother, she was like, I'll take care of him. You know, you, you need to finish high school. If you want to go to college or don't, that's whatever, but you do need to finish high school. So she was very helpful. She watched him all day. And then when I was in college and I was working full time, she still watched, still watched him. So probably the first four years she babysat him all day. And then he was put into pre-K. Okay. So luckily I had the support, but then um, her, his father ended up getting deported to Mexico. Mm. And so the mother thought that, you know, she felt that she should follow him because she didn't want him to be alone because he was also a kid at the time. He was, mm. I won't say a kid, maybe 18 or 19 at this point. Still young. Still young. I mean, think yeah. about it. A young man basically gets forced back and you don't know what, you know. Yeah. So, and me me putting myself in her shoes now i would have probably done the same thing you know if it was my son so she ended up going back and at this point now i didn't have any more uh support on that side i still had my dad um even though he was angry he was supported afterwards you know he loved his grandson and you know years down the line again i was teen mom and all the people that i just talked about um the grandma um his father, my father were all very aggressive. And when it came to parenting him, I was too timid. I was too quiet. And it hurts me now to think that I would let anyone tell me what to do with my son, but I mm-hmm. did. So if he was um, acting out or doing whatever, they would be like, spank him, do this, do that. And I'm like, okay, okay. And I was just like, okay, okay. Listening to everything because me being a young mom, I'm like, they must know better. They're older. They're adults. Of course. Yeah. They're you don't listen to the experts or as a kid you're still gonna listen to your parents so exactly yeah for sure so anytime my my father or anyone told me that you know i should do this or that i listened i did it didn't do my research didn't do anything about it i just listened because i figured they know best the experts yeah. like you said so um again <clears throat> moving in a few years later um, i was a single mom for a while working full-time going to college and then um, i met my husband my now husband and we had two more kids and at this point we figured it was um financially better for me to stay home you know with the kids mm-hmm. and I became a stay-at-home mom three years ago when my second child was born okay and so now being a stay-at-home mom I kind of got into the research and um about I realized oh, parenting full-time is hard <laughs> it's, yeah. 
because now if you go back to what I said, I was working full time. I was a student and not to say I wasn't that involved with my son. But of course, you know, I did bedtime and everything. But most majority of the day I was at school or working. So mm-hmm. now being a full-time mom, I'm like, dang, like I'm doing this all day, no breaks now. So. There's no breaks or weekends like there is from school and work. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Ugh, yeah. Um, so at this point, I'm just like, it hit me pretty hard. I actually um, developed postpartum depression because I just was so not used to this. Mm. I was isolated. I was very social, you know, at work and at school and everything. So I'm like, now it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. I have no one to talk to. My husband gets home the too late and now it's like I'm tired and we're tired. he's tired and it's just not the same. Yeah. Um, so it hit me pretty hard. And again at that point I was learning about other parenting styles and I came across a few videos and then the whole quarantine happened. And right before quarantine, I was actually a little bit into TikTok, not that much. Mm-hmm. But I know around quarantine everyone joined. But I yeah. think around I think around quarantine is when I started making videos, but prior to that I was watching videos. Uh-huh. And that's when I came across gentle parenting. And as soon as I saw one video, I can't remember which one, but it talks about gentle, respectful parenting, about how they don't spank their kids. And I'm like, and I'm like, they don't discipline their kids then. Yeah. Right now, and then I got deep into it. I was like, oh wait, there's other parenting styles. And then I saw the permissive one. I'm like, oh wait, I know that one. That's when parents that you know let themselves walk over and the kids do whatever they want. I'm like, oh, uh, is that like when the parent is the friend? Mm-hmm. So okay. there's three main three main ones. It's um actually four. There is traditional, which is what most people do, spanking and yelling to discipline, and they usually don't really care about their emotions. The kids emotions okay. they don't validate feelings. Then there is permissive, which is the complete opposite. Which um in this point they do care about the child's feelings, but they don't have any discipline or rules. So okay. basically, you do as what the child says. And the kid says um. To do it, you're like, okay, okay, I'll do it. We listen to the child, basically, mm-hmm. all times. Let them and run the household and they, do whatever they want, uh, and you just want to have that friendly relationship with them. Okay. Pretty much, exactly. And so I thought that those were the only two that existed. That's yeah. what I thought. So mm-hmm. I thought it was either black or white, you know? So then there came gentle tradition. And it, um, it has so many different names now. Gentle, respectful, authoritative, and authoritative parenting. And I've heard conscious conscious parenting i think there's so many names for it yeah um, but... i've heard gentle and respectful being interchanged mm-hmm. and that's the one that i've kind of been focused on and kind of looking into more mm-hmm. but go on sorry so yeah and um that's the first name i saw and then the last one is the neglectful parent which is what it sounds like you just don't care about the kid so those are the four parents. wow i didn't yeah. know i guess it makes sense i just mm-hmm. didn't think about it having a title mm-hmm neglect but then you're like, oh, yeah, because you you can recognize that kind of a parent mm-hmm. and it makes sense that it has a title. But now putting a name on it and kind of seeing it in those four categories, it really does make sense of like it just fits that puzzle finally kind of clicked. Yeah, like I said, um, so once I saw the TikTok on gentle parenting, I researched and I found out about those four and I'm like, oh, OK. And as I did more research, I'm like, oh, my gosh, so I fit more into the traditional one because I spank and yell and do this with my kids. Um, and my daughter was only one, actually, so I never spanked her, but I did yell at her. She was one. Um, and she was one when I kind of, like, really drifted into this kind of parenting. And I really educated myself. So, like I said, I started with a TikTok. I did my research. I ordered some books. I went to the library. I got some books. I um, did... Uh, basically research i went on youtube and then i kept i would i went to the hashtag on tiktok and i just kept following all these creators kept going to videos and i dove really deep into it Mm. and i started like journaling and i started writing down how i wanted to parent and 
I sat down with my oldest who was eight. He was no seven turning eight at the time. And I told him, Hey, I'm really sorry for, you know, any harm that I've caused you. And he was, you know, he's a kid. So he's a little confused. I'm like, I just want you to know, I love you so much. And I'm never going to ever, you know, put my hands on you, like smack your butt mm. or whatever. I'm never doing that again. Uh, now, when it comes to yelling, I'm really going to do my best to not do that. Because one thing that I found spanking, you could probably stop pretty easily, you know. Um, but the yelling, that I, I knew, I knew myself, I couldn't promise, hey, I'm never going to yell at you again. Mm. I knew I, I knew myself I couldn't do that and so I told him the truth that hey I'm really gonna work on myself and I want you if you have any opinions on how you would think or how you would like me to parent um please you know speak up and so and that's like I said this is back like two years ago so wow. and that's how it really really started and the more I learned the more I shared and I would share as I learned so it was kind of like both it was holding myself yeah. accountable kind of reminding myself and I could rewatch my own TikTok and be like oh yes and then just kind of like drift into it but I'm not perfect by any means and like I told you know I admit that um I spanked my kids which also I don't know if you saw that video but I think it had over a million views that was like wow. one of my only viral videos where I admit that I used to spank my oldest mm. and I got so much backlash on that especially by young people really they said how dare you kind of a thing how dare you like go kill mm. yourself I would never forgive you like really really nasty stuff um and dang they got really bad like like i said people like... people comment the craziest things on tiktok this is the most like m mom shaming thing i've ever seen ever mm -hmm. in any app and any people just feel like they can talk openly although it does filter things out and things just whatever it's its own organism but there's no filter on tiktok people just go and they don't care who they're talking to not even thinking that the people will be reading these comments Exactly. And um, honestly, like some of the comments did hurt me because uh, I had to remind myself, you know, these are just hurt people, hurt people, yeah. hurt people. Yeah. So I'm like, um, these people are just hurt. And a lot of like I said, a lot of them, I could tell by the profile picture and by the way they were commenting that they were young people. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them were saying, I would never forgive my mom if she was you. I hate my mother. I hate you. Stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm really sorry. Like, And um, a lot of the comments that I would reply to, I would be like, I'm really sorry. Um. They would say something like, my mom never apologized, mm. um, and I'll never forgive her. And I said, I'm sorry, you didn't deserve to be treated that way. I really wish your mom would have switched around like I did, stuff like that. Yeah. And some of them would actually turn around and reply, thank you so much for admitting it. Some of them would just like be like, F you, I don't care. But I think they were kind of looking to get that apology finally from their mom. And so they see you as that yes. symbol to be like, hey, I never got that apology from my mom. And then once they hear it, I'm sure for them, like a piece fell off of the like the stone that became their heart it just like started to chip away because sometimes we just feel like oh you just jumped on me mm. yeah exactly and and the fact like i said some of them said thank you and i was like oh my gosh like a complete stranger you know is thanking me and they needed to hear that yeah. and it's sad to me that no one has thought, said that some yeah. of them even said i've never been apologized to by everyone who hurt me and i'm like oh my god i'm so sorry like yeah that's really sad um but I think also that really motivated me too because I'm just like you know what I have to keep making this stuff because I know that it does help and I've gotten so many private messages which I've never encountered this before so I'm not new to social media I actually have been really active on Instagram in the prior years like stories and posts I've just always been a social media person I, I always liked um, sharing my uh, my life not my whole life but a majority of it and so it wasn't new to me now when it came to um, TikTok I was just like you know it's a little different 
And at first I was pretty shy and I kind of opened up more and I was really vulnerable and I had fun with it. And so then more recently, I've been getting messages saying thank you for, you know, the things you've shared, for the things you've um, said. It really made a difference. And I've never gotten that before. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I've been on social media, but no one has ever personally or really thanked me. And even friends that I know in real life who um, follow my TikTok be like, hey, you know, I follow your TikTok and I really appreciate what you do. I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank you. And I haven't talked to them since like high school type thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have a bunch of strangers who I've never met who have also DM'd me and said, thank you, you know, from your perspective about changing over. Thank you for, you know, never saying you're the perfect parent, but just sharing what you know helps. Yeah. I think it's so important that other people get to see that changeover. And it's kind of crazy to think about that, you know, the childhood that you went through, it's unfortunate that certain things happened to you. However, Mm -hmm. those built up the blocks for you to now have this changeover because I mean, you have a great following on TikTok and you do great content. I love your videos. I love the text you put over it. And I think a lot of people can learn from it because again, like you said, you weren't familiar with different styles. And so there's a new mom every single day who doesn't know that there's different styles who might be have is living through their own trauma. And then when they see that, like, not only are you this way, but you actually, what I really love is that you switched over. You know and can explain to people the full journey of being on one side and on the other because you've seen it both and you know how it feels and you know how you feel now. And um, I think I saw something about, uh, it was a, a video that you had made maybe about apologizing to your son uh, that you mm-hmm. had to spank him and stuff. And I think that one really touched me just like, that guilt inside knowing that like, oh, I didn't know any better. Like, I didn't know any better at the time, but I am growing better. And it's all about improving and growing and adjusting to the things that come our way. Yeah, I think I know what video you're talking about, but I, I think I've made a couple about apologizing. But for sure, because like you said, going back to the trauma, one of the things that I do remember about my mother um, was that she, like I said, she did apologize. So I felt like part of her like wanted to change. And like I said, I was really angry at the world because I felt like her, she was kind of changing. She had really stopped yelling at me and she was trying to conversate with me. She was trying to listen to my feelings and that's when she got sick and everything. But then um, with my father, things were pretty rocky because he was brought up with, you know, boys don't cry, things like that. So to this day, sometimes he tells my sons when they're crying, like, don't cry, boys don't cry, men don't cry. Mm. "Mm." How do you react to those comments? Do you have a conversation with him or have you, or does he know that you've changed it over? What's that like? Yeah, so it's still like at first when I told him, he laughed. <laughs> he was like, "That's ridiculous." He's I like, can see that. He was like, "That's ridiculous." You turned out fine. Your siblings are fine. And I'm like, "Dad, we're not fine." To the point, like, and he's very like he doesn't believe in therapy. I'm in therapy, and he, he doesn't believe in therapy stuff like that. So um, our relationship is good now. I talk to my dad every day, type thing. But um, he doesn't believe in that. None of that validating you feel it. She's like, for what? Like, I think um, I was actually going to make a video about this. I was on the phone with him and my daughter was crying over. She dropped her toy or something. And I was driving and I had my dad like in the car. I think he was like, I can't hear you. Your daughter's crying. Tell her to stop because when you're on the phone, she needs to be quiet. And I'm like, well, she she's crying because her toy fell. So she has a reason why she's crying. He was like, it doesn't matter when you're on the phone. She should know to be quiet. You need to know how to better control your kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dad, I don't control my kids. I respect them. And if she's crying, most 99% of the time, it's for a reason. So she, he got angry. He hung up on me. 
And mm-hmm. I was like, I was part, part, part of me was hurt. Like my inner child was like really scared. Yeah. And I was like really hurt. But at the same time, like, you know what? I'm a mother now. Like my child comes first. And yes, mm-hmm. I love my dad, but I'm not going to like, you know, apologize for her crying. She was crying for a valid reason. And he yeah. just, and I could tell that he was triggered by her mm-hmm. crying. So he could, cause he got angry. So yeah. I'm like, it's funny because crying used to trigger me, but now it doesn't. And so it's crazy to me that I'm healed more than my dad, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, because even when we're, you know, I'm over at his house and my kids start crying, he's just like, oh, they're crying for no reason. And so, like you said, I have had a conversation with him. And I told him, hey, you know, I parent this way. Um, I know that you may not agree with it and that's fine, but you, you do have to respect it and you can't overstep me. Like if I, yeah. if you say, and I told him things that I don't appreciate him saying like, um, or I, I won't allow him to say it's like, don't tell my boys not to cry. Um, don't tell them like they're fine if they're like bleeding out or even if they're not bleeding out, don't tell them it's fine. Like, let me handle it. And yeah. I told him. And so he's like, okay. So now it's gotten to the point that if something, he feels like saying something that he knows I wouldn't be okay with, he just be like, he just walks away. He's like, okay, Allison, you know, come handle it. Cause he wouldn't handle it the same way. And, you know, I think a lot of times also I'm Hispanic in the Hispanic culture, they expect grandparents to also parent mm-hmm. and I'm not okay with that. And I have, I've never thought that was okay. So I've never condoned that. I don't know how other families work. You know, some people joke about the grandparents or the second parents, um, but not, not for me. I don't, you know, my dad can give his advice if he wants and if it's asked for, Yeah. but I'm not going to allow, you know, my dad, um, to discipline my kids because yeah. I don't think that's just my personal thing. You know, again, if some people do it fine, I think it depends on the family, but also on the, on so the grandparents parenting style. Cause if it agrees with me, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah. But let's say if my, cause I have trauma from my biological father who's like beat us and he was abusive and he was a drunk, whatever. But like, if he was in the picture and he said he was going to parent my daughter, like he's never allowed to be anywhere near. He doesn't, might not even know I have a daughter. And like, there's certain parts of my family who have abused me and, uh, you know, caused me trauma and they're not allowed to see my daughter. They're not allowed to even talk to her and I wouldn't let him even give her a toy. Like, far less are you gonna tell her not to cry or any of those things. And so I guess it depends. I would love for the grandparents to be the second parents if I agree, if they agree with my parenting style and it's aligned. But if they want to do things their way that I don't agree with, then I'm not okay with that. And I would say you need to leave. Like you're not welcome in my house if you're going to be abusing my kids. Yeah, exactly. And for the thing is, I didn't want to, um, again, part of my inner child is sometimes I do get scared of conflict when it comes with my father because part of me still wants him to accept me and not yell at me. But also the big part of me that I've healed in therapy and and my self-healing stuff is like, I need to put boundaries when it comes to my dad too. Like, you know, you can't say that to my kid. Because again, going back to when I was a teen mom, if my little boy, my three, my son who's 10 now, he was three, he was throwing a tantrum, he would be like, you know, smack him. Like he can't be throwing a tantrum for no reason. And again, back then I would, I didn't know, I didn't understand tantrums to the point. I was just, you know, a kid myself. So, and it really hurts me. It really does. And that's another reason that I really do like sharing stuff because I I have had moms who are like 15 16 teenage moms message me and say thank you I've always my parents have always told me that I should hit him but part of me told myself I I shouldn't and I said I'm happy you feel that way because I wish I would have listened to myself back then because I never felt right spanking him but I just did as I was told so Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of our parents did because again 
So that's the way they were raising us and the way they were raised. Exactly. So that's the only way they knew. Honestly, it's kind of like we're so thankful for the technology and the social media that we're able to see these other things. Because before that, before the internet, which is our parents' generation, mm -hmm. you couldn't just log in and see that there's different styles. All you knew was how your parents raised you. So that's literally the only thing you knew. And it's not like kids really talk about this and that, you know, like they don't. So you just do what you know. And so on some ways for me, I try to like forgive the things that have happened to me, but I'm also stuck in that place. And you talked about an apology, you know, and how some of those moms didn't get an apology and something I'm trying to learn and accept is that to be okay when you don't receive that apology, when yes. you kind of accept, because sometimes when people just say, sorry, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm not even mad, whatever. But if I don't, it builds up into this thing and I build this giant concrete wall that like it's so hard to break through, but I'm the only one that's carrying that weight. They've probably moved on or didn't even know that they hurt me. Like it wasn't a big deal, whatever they think, I don't even know. But I constantly find myself that I'm waiting for an apology that I'm not gonna get. And so I'm trying to just let that go, trying to move on, move forward and it's like, you know, your dad says you have to control your kids. And what I love, instead of controlling your kids, you've taken the control back into your life about parenting. And so now you control how you want to parent. What steps are you going to do? What words are you going to say to them? Because it's not only about the physicality of things. It's not just the smacking them around or putting them in a corner, whatever. Yeah. But it's what you say to them and how you say it. Because that's another thing we talked about is the response. Because it's so easy to get wired, like riled up and want to react quickly. But then you have to like take time and figure out it's like okay instead of reacting let me respond and what is the best yeah. way to respond are you safe are you in danger is anyone else in danger what happened is this what what is the actual thing that we're worried about because sometimes it is an emergency and you have to do things fast and then you can accelerate on your voice or things you know but and especially if that's the way you grew up where you're Mm -hmm. If something happens, you just start yelling because you're trying to shut it down and you're trying to, you know, figure things out. Um, it's hard. It's hard to deal with. And it's a hard, especially when, like I said, it's something you grew up with and you don't know any better. Right. Because it's normalized. Because to yeah. you, at a certain point, it's normal. And so when I learned, oh, that's not normal, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it was like a real like shock lift. They're like, that's not normal. Like, oh, wow. I really thought that was normal. And yeah, it's just crazy how... Um, like part of the self-healing, like I said, one of the things I'm really thankful for is I'll always be thankful for this. And people joke about it, especially people that, you know, make jokes about TikTokers or whatever. It's that um, TikTok really saved me to that point, because even though um, I mean, yes, I started gentle parenting, but it also made me d dig deep into my triggers. And I, I realized that I had trauma because to me, my whole life, I thought I had a normal childhood. Yes. You know, my mom passed away when I was a teen. But for the most part, I had both parents. But I did witness them fight. I did witness them get physical. I did witness um, my father, you know, yell at her. I did witness um, my father yell at us to an extent. So like throwing things around and an adult tantrum. And, you know, back then I, like I was just scared, fear and stuff like that. I was just like, mm -hmm. you know what? But they, my parents only really spanked me. They only really yelled at me when I didn't listen, when I didn't do as they said, when I was bad. So, you mm -hmm. know, to me, I'm like, you know, it, it's, I didn't do anything. They didn't hit me for no reason because and I'm not trying to like, you know, minimize my trauma or compare it to anyone else's, but I but like did made it. sense. Mm -hmm. It made sense because I'm like, you know, they didn't starve me. They weren't alcoholics. They didn't hit me for no reason. So to me, I had a great childhood, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And again, I don't, like you said, I don't really blame my father or my mother at all because that it was normal to them. They didn't yeah. realize they were hurting me. They didn't mean to pass down their trauma to me. Yeah. That wasn't their intention. I know my parents um, are great people and they never intentionally meant to hurt me. And like you said, with the internet, I'm thankful for it because not only did I find out that I can parent my children in an, an, an amazing way, I'm literally breaking the cycle where it's not going to be normalized anymore. If yeah. in the future my kids see other parents or they hit their kids, it should be like, what? Like, why do you do that? And um, it makes me really happy to see there's a huge community like, you know, like yourself, a bunch of moms and dads who really want to make this. And you know what? It's not even parents. There's actually a bunch of um, TikTok creators who aren't even parents themselves who have talked about this. And they, they talk about their own trauma and how they will not be passing it down to their kids. Yeah. And that's amazing. And like you said, it's all thanks to this technology because we can all share it and give each other advice and yeah, go based upon each other's stuff. I think it's absolutely just so, so, so important. Because again, like you said, it's not just for moms. I think we're all dealing... I'm. There are those people who grew up in great... Uh, like parent family relationships and they probably don't necessarily know what's going on but I'm sure they have a friend who has experienced it and right. so just knowing about it that maybe somebody grew up this way or just getting familiar with it I think it opens up a lot more conversation between people to start understanding why somebody could feel a certain way or react a certain way or do something and it just helps everybody so I don't think you have to be uh, a mom or a parent in any way but if you've experienced it or know somebody who has experienced it, you can start saying like, oh, I can see how one develops into the other and I can see how I can get help. Or um, like you, I didn't know that I had triggers. I thought I was normal. I thought everything was <laughs> fine. I thought Same I was here. so great, right? And you just go on living your life. You're like, no, that was normal. And then it's when you start reading the books and you start finding things out and you're like, oh, that wasn't okay. <laughs> exactly and like for me one of the biggest things was um the people pleasing i always felt and part of me i, I was just reading Girl. about it um about people pleasing i just thought i was nice you know i'm like i'm just really nice I just let's really talk nice. about this because i'm such a people i just learned that uh people pleasing over sharing those kinds of things are all actually trigger responses and it's blowing my mind i mean i'm down this journey right now currently uh mm -hmm. Do just trying to heal my own self. I'm trying to get rid of any demons I have so I can be clear and empty as a vessel to take on any emotional needs my child will have. But I'm just finding out like, oh my goodness, do I do so many things that are a trigger response that I'm not even familiar with. And then as I'm finding it, again, like all these layers are getting shed and I'm like, oh, there's an explanation to my behavior. I thought I was, like you said, I thought I was so nice. But this is me trying to make up to make sure there's no conflict, to make sure I am light and nobody starts yelling or abusing or anything. And you you, you kind of prevent it. You start with a preventative way because if you face trauma, you try to feel out the room and make sure like, hey, let me make sure everyone is getting along. What can I get for you? What can, you know, it's, you're trying to overcompensate all the time. And what I find hilarious is uh, my husband never expects anything of me and he loves me and he's just... But sometimes he'll call me out. He's like, why do you try so hard? You're all right. And then I'll have to like stop myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it again. Yeah. I totally but let's, let's to talk more about over being overly nice. Because I think that's such a big point that I not only see myself, but I see it in other people as well. So um, I really learned, I dug deep into that in therapy. So I, we were just talking and, and, you know, I shared um, just certain things that I would do for people. He, she was like, you know how the biggest way I'm going to share with you the secret? I'm like, tell me the secret. 
And she was like, basically, whenever you're going to do something, make sure that you're okay with it. And I said, what do, what do you mean? She's like, for example, if your friend wants to go out for lunch at, you know, at a certain time and you really want to see her or whatever the case is, make sure are you okay? Is your sleep schedule going to suffer? Are your kids going to be okay? Are you okay? Think about all the, the possible situations and scenarios about you. Don't mm-hmm. tell me what could go wrong because I also am an overthinker. And she would be like, I don't want to hear anything that would go wrong. I want to hear how you would generally feel. Yeah. And so that's how, um, that was the secret. And you want that one, baby? <laughs> so then from then on, I thought to myself, oh, um, from, sorry, baby. <laughs> sorry, I like clicked over, but I'm sorry, baby. Um, <laughs> did you find it? Um, so then from then on, I'm like, okay. And that's how I kind of been controlling my people pleasing. And whenever I do something for anyone, um, I stop and think. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Is it like you said? Your husband was actually great that he tells you, you know, you're doing too much, and yeah, you kind of have to become that for yourself, so that you know, when your husband or whoever's not around, you can do that for yourself. Because um, that's been one of the biggest things for me. I would be like just trying to fill everyone's cup, and I'm empty. And this came with my kids, and just in general, you know. Yeah, I really struggle because I, I think all of my life I thought I was an extrovert. Cause I, I want to talk to everybody. I want to make sure everyone's okay. I want to do all these things. But then I'm, I started thinking more of like my energy and what do I have left? I'm like, but anytime I like go out or do, or then I'm joining this event or doing a thing. And I'm like, I am so tired. Mm-hmm. I am so drained. And I'm like, that's when I started thinking like doing those things for other people doesn't fill me up. I'm just doing them because I know it will help them. I'll think through, I'm like, oh, You know, if I'm meeting somebody, I'm like, oh, let me do this and this and pick you up, make sure you're warm, make sure this and this and this is taken care of. By the end, I'm tired. They never expected any of this. They're like, oh my gosh, you're so nice. I'm like, yeah, I'm so nice. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I'm tired by the end of the day. And, And I still do this. And I'm trying to snap out of it. My husband's so good at like... He used to get really bothered. We used to have roommates and they would ask me something. I'm like, yeah, let me get it for you. Like, I'd drop whatever I'm doing because I know where this item is. So why wouldn't I help somebody? And you're like, stop, just stop jumping for people. Stop jumping through hoops. Just do what you need to do. Take care of you. And I'm trying to do that because I have this belief like happy babies come from happy moms. And at the end mm-hmm. of the day, I'm like, am I happy? And I am, but like I do so many things that I'm doing because of these trauma triggers that I'm trying to be like, whether it's I'm trying to be liked, whether I'm trying to compensate. I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. But my gosh, does it? Oh, that's what I was going to mention. Your dad has mentioned the phrase of like, well, we turned out okay. You guys turned out okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so common, for, at least from what I've seen, you know, people say like, oh, this style doesn't work or you should, you don't need to worry about this because they turned out okay. And that's something I used to say too. Like, well, I turned out okay. Yeah. Then you start looking in you're like, I'm not okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I have a video like this in my drafts actually, but I definitely have, uh, when I really analyzed it and, you know, started myself healing and going to therapy and everything, I'm like, you know, I'm not fine. It's not just the people pleasing. It's the fact that I struggle with communication. Someone, mm-hmm. and this has actually been a really big thing with uh, my husband. It's like, he'll get frustrated and be like, can you just talk, like just communicate? And I'm just shut. Like yeah. I just, I have all these emotions and I cannot talk with him. And I'm like, I just, I, I can't right now. And then he, you know, he'll get frustrated with me, which, um, 
I could get to because if I'm like trying to talk to someone, I feel like shaking them, like talk to yeah. me, like I'm trying to talk to you. But part of me, like I could feel it now. My inner child is like, no, 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 I should be quiet because if I say the wrong thing, you're going to get mm. mad. And, this, and it's just like too much and like overthinking stuff. And it's not just with my husband, it's with my friends and my sisters. And it's just like with everyone, I'm like, I feel like I don't, I feel like I'm walking in eggshells, but I shouldn't. Yeah. I yeah. shouldn't. And so it's like, I don't want to hurt your feelings or what if something I'm not comfortable with and I'm too scared to say it. Like, yeah. um, for example, one of the things um, when I was little, certain things that people wanted to do with my, my son, if they would give him candy and I didn't want him to have candy, I was too shy or not. I wouldn't even say, I don't even know. Like what the timid. Is. Timid. I just didn't know how to speak up. Now, if yeah. someone gives my child something, I'd be like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. Um, I don't mm. do that. That's, I'm not okay with that. Mm. and so it's like to see my evolution as a mother now it's crazy to me because I'm actually only 26 now but my son is 10 so um in 10 years you know it's just a lot that's been happening and like I said like I told you I kind of had like that change when I was a working full-time mom and then I went to being a stay-at-home mom so it's like I've had like every little bit and it's just crazy and like I said like you said you're still on your journey I still am too I'm not I'm far from perfect I'm still healing I still do a lot of um trauma responses um I have gotten better like with people pleasing communication um I'll write if I can't physically find the words I'll write things down Hmm. um what was I trying to think of another one um the validation I feel like um I saw this TikTok it was funny to me it was like oh you only make TikToks because you want validation and I'm like Yes. Oh my God. That's my life. I'm constantly seeking this validation and I'm still searching for it. And I'm doing all these things. Uh, For me, I figured out it's from my like daddy issues, you know, like my dad didn't want me. He was abusing me. I'm like, why didn't you want me? And I'm still Mm -hmm. trying to prove that through all these things. And uh, my husband and I were talking about this like before this podcast, but he's like, he feels bad that he for some reason, I see this like beauty and enthusiasm in everybody else and I want to support everybody. And even with like my podcast or my video content, I have the actual stats like mm-hmm. of how many people have viewed it and comments and like people have messaged me and said like, thank you for doing this or, you know, like I have all the stats yet when I see it, when I look at it, I'm like, it's dumb, but probably nobody's going to like it. Like I just pour this shame water all over myself and I'm trying to work so hard to see myself through like God's eyes through my husband's eyes just to like see the perfection the beauty that he sees in me but instead because of this trauma is having weighing so heavy I'm just like oh I'm not worth it oh this is dumb oh this is not going to be liked and I mean it doesn't sound as big of a deal but like it just has such an effect on your mental state and why you choose to do things why you pursue certain things and I'm I've been chasing a void of some sort of this validation that I'm I'm trying to find a relationship with I'm trying to find a relationship with this validation void that I have to be to like accept it yeah i like i said i 100 percent relate to that because it's been like that for me too um i do think i have my own you know daddy issues and it's just like um even though my father um i feel like he mostly emotionally neglected me versus you know physically Mm -hmm. because to him it was more like whenever i felt like talking he just would shut me down and it was because he didn't know how to talk you know himself yeah Um, I got to the point that I really, like you said, I really wanted an apology for him. And I came to peace with myself. He's never going to apologize. And that's okay because he doesn't see anything wrong with it. And I can't make him see that. And so 
for the longest time, I really didn't want to like talk to when I first like changed my parenting. I really wanted him to understand. I really wanted him to. I couldn't get him to. And little by little, mm. when he sees when I parent my kids, sometimes he, he won't say anything to me, but he'll like smirk and be like, hmm, I guess that works. But um, he won't say anything. You know, he would um, he would never contradict himself and be like, oh, well, it does work, you know. But yeah. um, I've got I moved on to the point that I'm just like, you know what, um, dad, as long as you respect it, we're cool. Um, but it's just crazy because like you said, I really seek this validation from everyone, anything, anyone, like tell me anything, like tell me good job. Like I remember in thinking back with thinking about my trauma, I remember college professors telling me, oh, this is a great essay or good this and that. And it would mean the world to me. And I'm just like, why does this stranger's validation feel like, like it's filling me up, you know? And it's like, it's crazy. And when I learned more in therapy, it was like, that's great. But you have to do that yourself because this is, comes with the reparenting yeah. part because yeah. you're reparenting yourself. So you need to feel your mm. little heart, your little validation yourself because you can get it from everyone, but yeah. it's not, it's, may not feel it until you actually start validating yourself. Like, I am awesome. Like, for you, you know, I have an amazing podcast, I have amazing following, amazing friends, amazing husband. I like all this stuff and like, I'm okay. I'm great, you know? And I actually made a video today about my son. I had to kind of empower him because he felt really upset about his haircut. And he, I was like, you know what? You're awesome, kid. He was like, I am awesome. And, and it's like things like that. I wish, you know, my parents would have done more for me. And yeah. because I remember, you know, feeling like, like shit. And then no one would have, no one would have made me feel better. And I would just suck it up. I think and that's kind of what I miss. And I, I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to do this. So. I, I feel like I, I wanted more of a good job and an, I am proud of you when I was little. And I'm still seeking that. I'm still seeking that for my mom. I'm doing all these things and she's always like, eh, whatever. Eh. Like she doesn't care at all what I do. And I'm like, dang it, mom, like me. Um, oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> just like me, please tell me you're proud of me. But then in turn, what I'm doing right now is telling my kid constantly like good job good job I'm so proud of you I'm so proud of you anyone I meet I'm always like I'm so proud of you like if someone hasn't told you that today I am so proud of you you're doing it because everyone is doing such a good job and I know in the back of my mind it's because what I want to hear like probably finally from my mother is like you're doing a good job um but then at the same healing part that's the healing part apparently (laughs) yeah but then also it's like at the same time, I also am understanding like I shouldn't expect that from her and I should bring it upon myself. And then there's this thing of like, oh, you shouldn't tell your kid good job because then they're going to tr- grow up trying to only get praise and reward. But then I'm like, mm-hmm. but that's all right. Because in my mind, I'm like, that's all I ever wish I ever had. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a big contradiction about that. And there's like, you shouldn't always praise your kid. And I agree to it to an extent, like, okay, not for every little thing, fine. But if I feel like I'm saying I'm proud of you for no reason, I'm going to say it because I wish my parents would have said yeah. that. So I needed to hear more. So they're going to hear it. And I just like, um, I believe you can't spoil a baby because they're a baby and they're going to grow out of it anyway. So um, to me, it's like, I believe you can't spoil a kid with love or validation because at the end of the day, when they're adults, I don't want them to feel like me and seek validation. I want yeah. them to be like, you know how they say we become their inner voice? I really do want him or my kids to just be at work and be like, I'm going to get this job. I'm, I'm I'm great. I'm awesome. I'm going to get this job. Some some stuff like that instead of things that I thought, like, I'm not good enough mm. to make you someone else. I, I suck. And it's like, wow. That's you know, this is like just shaking up my head because when you said, you know, somebody else is your inner voice. Because I'm like, okay, so the things I'm saying to her is that I'm proud of her. She's strong. She's so smart. You know, like, she's just so amazing. And I want that to hear her. And then I started thinking, 
what is it that I hear in my head? What am I saying? Who's my inner voice? And my inner voice is telling me that I'm done, dumb. It's not happening. It's not, it's worthless. Why am I doing this? Why am I wasting my time? And it's so silly because you know how things just happen. So it's like the conversation earlier with my husband where he's like, I wish you could see the amazingness in you. Plus now recognizing that it's my inner voice. It's this, this, I'm having my own battle within, with this inner voice that's saying I can't do stuff and it's dumb and pointless. And I wish I didn't have that. I wish I, I want to work more on being proud of myself and saying like, I did a good job. This is a good thing. Like, so then I could be a good example for my daughter instead of telling her she's doing great. But then as myself, I would be modeling the opposite. Like that's not all right. One thing that I also learned that I'm very, very, uh, I I learned about this actually on Instagram. It was an article someone posted about um, this mom. She was like shaming herself in the mirror and then she caught her four-year-old doing that. And I was like, oh my gosh. And then that was so sad to me because she was just like, you know, pointing out like um, her stretch marks. And she was kind of like talking bad about herself, not knowing her daughter was watching. And then Mm -hmm. later her daughter was getting ready for school. And she was like, no, mom, my hair looks ugly, this or that. And then she was like, where did she get this from? And she realized she must have heard her. And then, so I do a very good job if I ever, you know, I'm battling these demons. I'm like, um, that's why I'm really big on journaling. Like, I'll write things down. Like, I'll say, for example, I'm so stupid if I feel stupid. And I'll scratch it off. And oh, I I'll love that. It. I'll read. This is, like, part of my self-healing stuff that I've done. And so, like, I'll scratch it off. And I'll be like, no, I, I'm not that. I'm smart as, yeah. um, smart as hell. I'm do, I'm really creative. I'm, yeah. And I'll contradict it. So, for every bad thing, I'll write, like, good, three good things, something like that. I love that. So, one, and like, then, erases it and one substitutes it. Exactly. So, at least and, two. I love that. Yeah, I really recommend that to anyone, really. If you ever feel like, you know, you're dumb or whatever, anything, write it down, cross it off, burn it, whatever, and do something positive. Because like you said, our inner voice is that. And I really hope and pray that my kids don't have that. I really want them to be more confident than I am. Yeah. um, And just grow up with a positive inner voice. And somebody recently was telling me in my videos and comments, that you know you can't stop trauma's gonna happen trauma's gonna happen i'm like you know what you're right and if my kids do develop trauma they still may but it's not gonna be the the ones i'm not gonna be from you yeah you're not gonna be Mm -hmm. responsible for it exactly and not to you know validate myself in that extent but as my job as a parent is to raise you know humans that are going to go out into society so why would i um raise I guess another jerk and I'm not going to be yeah. a bully. I'm not going to raise someone who's going to go out and hurt people. Absolutely. I'm raising kind, respectful humans who will know what's right and wrong without telling them and understand consequences and stuff like that. And that's like yeah. my main goal. I love that. You know, who's really helping me heal is actually my daughter. This is like such a small thing, but like my hair all fell out and it was really thin. And so I'm like, my hair can you can add it up into literally like one strand honestly like i try to poof it out so it looks like i have more but like my hair is lacking and i'm honestly constantly talking about my hair but when i put it in a ponytail she's one she just likes to take it and i think she's gonna pull it but she just gently goes because she likes it like she kisses things she likes and it i'm like you like my hair like i love my hair now because you love it and this is so gross, but I have like a callus on my foot. I need to go get a pedicure. But she like poked at it and then she got like kissed next to it. And I was like, you like, like you like me for who I am. Like she just, she just likes me. And I'm like, man, I want to love me how you love me. Yeah, I totally feel that with my kids too. It's so, it's so interesting because I feel like, I don't know. They're like a gift for me to heal. My daughter right now has been this gift. 
of course I want to get better because I want to make sure she has a good childhood. And she, one of my biggest goals is like you said, I want to make sure that who I'm raising, like when she's ready and she's an adult, she doesn't have these things. She doesn't have this problem. She's a good citizen of the community and is, isn't a jerk. Yeah. Like I just want her to be a good person and not have to seek out these things that I see myself constantly like chasing. Yeah. I think that, like you said, that's just the goal. Another one of the things that, you know, going back to a little bit of the trauma, one of the things was for me, I couldn't, you know, hold boundaries or say whenever t uh, teachers or people in the workforce, you know, yelled at me, I, I was scared. I would literally yeah. cry and be like, you know, it just reminded me of my parents yelling at me or I am worthless. I am stupid. I, you're right. I should have, you know, yeah. done that better at work. And it, it, it was just awful. But I and then um I made a video on this, the TikTok about how my son was like, Mom, I don't like the way you're talking to me because I raised my voice in it. Because I was irritated. Wow. And it's yeah. no excuse, but you know, old me would have been pissed and would have been like, How dare you like, you know, yeah. watch your mouth and um I feel like a lot of parents would find that disrespectful. Like their kids saying, I don't like the way you're talking to me. Like that would be considered a, um for a lot of people as back talk. But it's so and, profound from him to be like, Hey, he's setting his boundaries. Yeah. Like, that's exactly. so empowering. Exactly. So what I did was like, you know, I was a little bit triggered, but not as much because I remembered, you know what? I'm like, this is what I wanted from gentle parenting. I wanted yeah. him to understand and grow up these boundaries because when he goes again, being an adult, if someone ever, you know, overworks him or a friend tries to take advantage of him, he would be like, be able to set boundaries, which is something I to this yeah. day struggle with. Yeah. I read this thing about boundaries and said only those who like don't like your boundaries are they don't like them because they're the ones who are used to manipulating you and taking advantage of because those yeah. who like you for who you are if you say hey i don't want to do this or don't do this don't they're like okay cool like they wouldn't even get into those but those who would be triggered by your boundaries are those who are actually taking advantage of you and are trying to manipulate you and using you in some sort of a way Yes, that is 100% true. And it's also, you know, it's great because as someone who doesn't know how to set boundaries, you can't, uh, you know, tell the difference. You can't tell who's um, yeah. manipulating you or abusing you. But like yeah. you said, if you grow up to be an adult who knows how to set boundaries and say, hey, I don't like that. And then the person starts to act like, oh, or try to manipulate you, you'll be able to detect, okay, this person is clearly not respecting yeah. my boundaries, so I'm not going to associate with them. Or yeah. oh, I have to quit this job or whatever. But they'll be able, you know, to understand mm -hmm. that. It's so interesting because we talk about like parenting and, you know, their style is what they knew. And then when I think about myself, like what I know is not setting boundaries. So it's the only thing I kind of know. So then it's this like the oversharing and over kindness. It all kind of flows into it together with it because then it's like, well, that's the only thing I know is to do so much to try to make people happy. So then exactly. my inner child doesn't cry and doesn't feel abused, doesn't feel like it's going to get yelled at. Oh, this isn't done. This isn't done. And just just constantly feeling bad about everything. Exactly. It really is a healing journey. And like you said, you know, you're still going through it. And I think a lot of times people would also try to be like, oh, it's too late for me. And I'm like, no, you can heal as you're parenting because a lot of people are doing that. And it's not like a one takes one month, takes a year. I feel like this, everyone's different. But yeah. I get, you can get to the point where you can talk about these things like you and I are, you know, we've gotten to the point that we can recognize certain things and say certain things. Um, and eventually you get to that point, you know, as you're healing. And like I said, that's why I really um, am thankful for that TikTok I saw that made me think about gentle parenting because not only did it save my relationship with my son, it made me be a better parent to my other kids, more patient. Yeah. And it really motivated 
me to realize I have triggers, even though I'm, you know, everything that I do, I didn't turn out fine. I'm not okay. I need help. I need to seek therapy. I need to read these self-help books. I need to take time for myself. Because another thing from my mom, I remember that now being an adult, I remember she never took time for herself. She was Mm. always super stressed. Always, always. And that's why part of her was so angry, you know. And when I said that I would catch her crying and um, being feeling bad for hitting us. And she was just like overwhelmed. And that's where a big part of, you know, something also that I share about is Mm taking care of yourself because if you're how can you possibly take care of all these tiny humans if you're literally dying on the inside it's just not going to work you can do everything you can try to be the best gentle parent but it's not going to happen if you are not taking care of yourself yeah i think that's a a comment that i have to really listen to because it's something i don't do because i always want to do everything else for other people and then at the end of the day my husband's like because he knows i'm stressed and i'm over yeah and he's just like I wish you would do stuff for yourself. I wish you would just go and then, but in my mind, I'm like, but then this wouldn't happen and this wouldn't happen. I create these, you know, excuses, yeah. whatever comments, but I, I really struggle doing things for me. Like, I mean, this podcast is for me and I want to learn and it's this therapy thing. Yeah. But aside from that, I don't take time for myself and it's something I do want to do more of to make sure that I'm okay. Yeah. I like, um, it's definitely a pro a process and like you said it's just we're on this you know we're on this journey still and oh something i was going to mention is i really because you had mentioned that one tiktok that you saw and how it changed your life and how it's now changing your kid's life what i really love is that you aren't scared to post your true story and you are open and vulnerable and you are so honest and genuine in your stories and your tiktoks because like you there's gonna be a mom who's gonna see it or a kid like you said those kids commented and said hey you know what my mom never apologized to me thank you for like you changed that person's path to a point where they can maybe now forgive their mom and stop chasing this thing and maybe their whole path is going to change but in general any of your like viewers followers audience anyone who's seeing that stuff like you're changing those mom's life but not only that also their kids lives yeah and that's something like i said i'm really thankful for and like people can make fun of tiktokers all they want to me it changed my life and i'm i know that i've helped others and that makes my heart so happy because knowing that that one tiktok changed my life now i'm changing others and helping others and that's just an amazing feeling to me because like you said thinking about all those kids all those mothers and those mothers could be like me you know struggling feeling alone and then just happen to come across one of my TikToks or other gentle care because I've also met people who said because of me they started creating creating gentle parenting content I'm like I love that and I'm like that's great we need more of these and it's yeah like, it's amazing it's like a, what is that called like the like a butterfly effect know. yes I think so I think the butterfly yeah effect. no but it's true and it's it's silly because once you like something on TikTok then your feed kind of fills it so my feed is kind of full of it but then what sometimes I forget because then I'm thinking like oh well everyone else is full of it too but like no other people are looking at other stuff but the more content we can create sharing these tips or ideas or even just get someone to start thinking because there's still a lot of people who like your dad like my whoever who say oh that doesn't matter you all turned out okay so we need to create more stuff so then hopefully it'll pass their feed for them to say oh, maybe let me think about it. Maybe start considering other options. I didn't know there was four, you know, like just get them to start at least thinking and maybe they'll start changing their ways. Cause I mean, we know it's hard to change your ways. It's hard to like, especially when you're in a habit. 
For sure, because like you said, it's just one tip. Also, I've also had people say, you know what? I didn't think much of it. You came on my feed like more than once and then I did my research and then I decided to change and I'm like, that's great. Yeah. Because sometimes the first time you see it, you know, you're just like, what is this? Whatever. But then, yeah. you know, you see other creators or and you learn more and just like, wow, okay. Yeah. I think right now, at least from what I've seen, but a lot of people kind of confuse the gentle, respectful parenting with the permissive, permissive one. Thank you. And so I've seen the comments of like, oh, so you're going to, you know, raise like some, you know, they're going to be so gentle and they're just going to be crying all the time and they're going to walk all over you and like whatever comments they say. And I'm like, I think you have it confused. So there's still a lot of misinformation. Yeah. Because people think like, oh, now they're taking it the other way. We were yelling at them and now they're just not even doing it. It's like, well, no, I'm going to be treating my kid respectfully and taking in their input instead of just saying you do it my way because I said so. Exactly. And like, exactly. There's so many people who are still confusing it. And one day they'll come across a TikTok and actually do the research and be like, oh, okay, it's different. Because like I said, for me, when I first heard that word, I'm like, gentle, why would I be gentle? They're not going to listen to me if I'm gentle. And yeah. so, um, and a part of me, my goal was like, I need my kids to listen to me, to listen to me. And as I, you know, understood more, I'm like, you know, it's not really about them listening to me because then am I raising a human or a robot? Because a robot, I can program to listen to me. Yeah. But that doesn't seem right for a human, you know? Yeah. But, I see it. I know it's, I know kids and pets are different, but when I see that authoritative kind of like, you need to listen to me, you need to listen to my commands, I picture kids being treated like pets because it's like you need to do this I said this you will eat this you will do that you know like not that you should be that way with your dog but like it's accepted with pets but humans are different like you shouldn't train them you shouldn't train them to do because then they will respond that way so when somebody talks to them like that when they're older they will have you know you get it um but I do like that you talked about the four different styles because I think it's important to differentiate those and I don't know educate people just so they get familiar with it. Yeah, and like, you know, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. I don't know how long TikTok will be around, but I do hope that, you know, it just keeps going. Like you said, the butterfly effect keeps happening. But Yeah. And because, you know, God forbid something happens to me or the internet, and it's just like, I hope that enough people, you know, do. Because again, people, there's books on this, and I haven't made a TikTok yet. It is on my, like, Amazon storefront, some books that people can look into. But for okay. me, it, it really went into that I went... Um, I did my own research and I did have some of the books and some of the books that I added to my Amazon storefront were recommended to me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't read all of them and actually, you know, I am, they're in like my cart to buy. So it's like, um, just really take initiative. Like, you know, you feel like something is off and something's probably off. You know what I kind of see, and I don't know if this is true or not, but because you mentioned, you know, your mom crying over this stuff and her feeling bad, I almost see like, you kind of doing it for her. Like, I feel like if she was still here, she would say like, oh, I wish I could see all this stuff and learn from it. Cause it seems like she felt like something was off, but didn't know that these things were available exactly. and there's different styles. And so you're almost pursuing that journey for her, not only for yourself, but also for her to say like, hey mom, I know if you were here, you would have taken this. Like, cause it seems like she yeah. had recognized that something was off, but just didn't know exactly what to do about it yet. Exactly, yes, for sure. I do think, I do tell myself that as well sometimes. I'm just like, you know what? Um, I think, you know, I tell myself, I think she really would be proud of me for doing this. I think so too. Something that I felt like, okay, we're almost done. No worries, I can let you go so you can get to your kiddos. Um, yeah, I mean, this was awesome. I really hope to talk to you again. This is really cool.
Yeah, this is awesome. We'll keep in touch. And then if you want to hop on again, I'd love to talk to you again because I just I would love to spread the message. I want to talk about it more. I want to educate people, like you said. But I'll let you get to your kiddos. Thank you for hopping on. I hope you guys have a good night and you can get them to bed and all. Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for watching. And I will see you all next time. I'm on your own way. Good night.